Welcome everybody to the Cult of Dave Podcast Network. What's up? This is Alex from Flashback Flash. This is Alex from Flashback Flash. This is Alex from Flashback Flash. Um, I'm Alex from Flashback Flash. Wait a minute. No, I'm the real Alex, but I'm not from Flashback Flash. <laughs> but either way, here's something good for you. Slut. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome to the Something Good For You podcast, where the two of us sift through the bullshit to find a little something good to give you every single week. As always, this is one of your two co-hosts, Alex Ziff, and across from me in the big old beanbag chair is the Captain Nun. What up? We have had a crazy weekend, as always, uh, between running down to Atlanta... um, And... Still feeling it, too. (laughs) (laughs) And even just coming back up here, even... God, the drive back was actually bad, and it wasn't Atlanta's fault. It was South Carolina's fault. Yeah. God damn it, South Carolina. <laughs> Seemed like no one was able to drive on the way back. Would it take us like an extra hour, hour and a half? Yeah, something like that, and uh, miss the drop-off uh, slot to uh, drop off the U-Haul trailer and everything, too. But Did that wind up costing more? Did actually, it didn't. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's so, what I was thinking they said. I was just wanting to make sure. So though. I really have nothing to bitch about, but... Yeah, it's still enough to bitch. <laughs> you still weren't able to take care of it that night and just nah. be done with it. So I just had to... I just... I had to Uber my way out for my beers, Ooh. which I probably should have done anyway, so... <laughs> Don't drink and drive, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of drinks... Yes, uh, this episode is brought to you by Hate Energy Drink. Uh, that's our little energy drink that we sell at our website yes. at com slash store. Hey, you got it right, and you hadn't even said it in a long time. It's ingrained in your brain now. <laughs> Good job, it sir. It is muscle memory. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> I'm proud of you. And I know you haven't uh, talked about anything like this in a while, so Alex, what do you hate? What do I hate? Uh, mine's gonna be a little bit that nah, be a little bit specific. He's already mad. He's stumbling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fucking Target is already taking away their Halloween stuff and putting up Christmas things, and Halloween isn't even here yet. The fuck? What it, the fuck, Target? We are recording this uh, on the week. We, there's like two weeks left until yeah. Halloween when we're recording this, so. It, what the fuck? I don't want the fucking Christmas. Let me have my two weeks of spooky time before you push in your fucking holly jolly bullshit down my throat. Okay? I, I haven't even watched any good horror movies yet. I haven't either. It's like, what the fuck? But what I want to know is, is that where you get the bulk of your Halloween shopping done? Is that Target? <laughs> That's where I get the bulk of like almost anything. (laughs) (laughs) I am one of those guys. We Morgan and I will go to Target religiously. Fair enough. No, because out of any of the other places for like you know just house stuff, whether it be just uh, Halloween decor, which basically means we redecorate the apartment once a year. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So, (laughs) so if you want to say we uh, redecorate our home with Target, yeah, we definitely do. But um. 
No, just they honestly have decent prices, and goddamn, I won't step into a uh, Walmart anymore. I don't blame you there. <laughs> so if I need to get a new plate or you know some more utensils, I'm going to Target before I go to fucking Walmart. Fair enough. I'm just trying to think of like where else that's not a party city or a. Uh, I guess most stores you can get general Halloween stuff. I just. Th- Target was just not the first thing on my head when I first I, I thought you, Halloween product. See, because I went off talking about just, you know, home decor stuff. I thought you were about to say, aside from Party City, I don't know where else you could really get utensils and shit. I'm about to be like, what the fuck, uh, Cap? Come on now. I'm not that exhausted. <laughs> I had no idea where you were going with that, but no. But no, you're right. Um, there, there are a bunch of different options to get Halloween stuff, but just the Target is so close. Right. You know, it's like five minutes from where I am. So if we're not going there, you go to uh, Spirit Halloween. Right, which, and just like, which basically you can found it can be found at any uh, former Circuit City or uh, yeah, <laughs> fair enough Kmart, <laughs> any former uh, big box store that is no longer here. Uh, you can find a Spirit Halloween around this time of year. So aside from those places, that's really about it. I guess I haven't thought about it like that because I don't really decorate anywhere I live. <laughs> yeah, and I hadn't really thought about it until this year but because we actually have a tiny bit of a yard because where we are, we're not like in an apartment building. We're kind of part of a townhome apartment complex. So right. We have like our, our own front door instead of a lobby door for once. So this has been like the first year we're actually looking at our tiny, tiny little, you know, yard that where like two people stood side by side. That's like the yard. <laughs> we're actually yeah. looking at that going, what could we put out here <laughs> <laughs> what size pumpkin should we put and what should we carve in it <laughs> and we just did nothing <laughs> nah. but no I, I, but christmas creeps up earlier and earlier every year and halloween gets scrunched up closer every year because back to school is out fucking two months before the kids are even back in school and Halloween shit didn't start coming out until the last week of September, and they're already taking it out. It wasn't even out for a full month. I blame the president. Everyone, but no. I'm going to save Christmas. I'm going to start it earlier <laughs> this put, year. Going to put Christ back in Christmas. <laughs> We're going to start around Halloween. <laughs> but I don't know. It does annoy me though because I, I'm because I honestly don't like Christmas too much. I am a Halloween guy, so it's like it feels like they're slowly chipping away at it every year and just taking it further away. You won't take my Halloween away from me, damn it. Shave my Halloween! Halloween. They're taking away our Satan, they're taking away our Halloween, they're taking taking away away all the fun stuff. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Let's move to Canada, at least they have legal weed. (sighs) Right. (laughs) I'm sure everyone in Canada is just like, oh, cool. (laughs) <laughs> and that's it oh yeah yeah everybody in america's just like oh, oh yeah has yeah it on this pedestal now <laughs> yeah it's all like um god what's that movie where all the zombies are like climbing the wall it was in the trailer what was that oh uh what was that world war z or yeah you know, the, yeah, the Brad yeah. Pitt movie? That's, that's, now now that's like canada and america and america's just like ah right <laughs> so, like, dude just buy weed off the street and don't be an idiot with it you'll be fine <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, last week, uh, well, this past weekend, uh, we wound up going down to Atlanta again. Yeah. Uh, this time with the intent of rocking some asses, and I would like to say that we actually did. No, um, no patting ourselves on the back, but that's a just good show is just a good show. Just, Damn it, <laughs> we we that's our job. We just crush. <laughs> so we get down there uh, Saturday after the loud good. <laughs> we make the loud good. <laughs> so we get down there uh, Saturday afternoon, and we decide, well, we're here early enough, and we've already checked into our hotel. Uh, fuck it, we might as well show Jared, our drummer, around because uh, he had never gone down. Uh, I don't think I think that was his first trip to Atlanta. This was his first say? trip, yeah, yeah. So we will kind of wanted to show him around the area and our, or at least our favorite spots. So we hop in an Uber and we head on down to Little Five Points because there's an awesome restaurant there called the Vortex. Uh, it looks like the ultimate tourist trap, but it it honestly has good food. So right. I don't give a fuck if it's a, if it's a tourist trap. They've got good food at a reasonable price. And this area has a lot of cool vintage stores, a lot of cool record stores. But the problem was we completely forgot <laughs> there was a Halloween parade. Even though Devin Holiday of the Cheats uh, sent me a message earlier that week warning me about it, uh, it was in one of those situations where I read the message and I couldn't reply back, so I forgot. That he even Damn. sent the fucking thing. So, brother tried to warn me, and I didn't. Yeah, I, yeah we that, fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> fucked up. They're like, Jared, let's go show you this place. This is totally going to rule when we get down there. And yeah, like, so, so we get about five minutes from Little Five Points, <laughs> and traffic just turns into fucking gridlock. Like, yep. in neighborhoods, everything. And we're like, what the fuck? And the driver's like, oh, are you here for the parade? And we're like, oh, oh shit, <laughs> that is. Because in my mind, I was thinking that was happening like just on Friday. Right. I, for some reason, my brain wasn't connecting. It would be Friday and Saturday. Duh. So we say, fuck it. We've already gotten this far. So we, we get out of the Uber and we brave through the crowd. And, you know, everything was filled up. And, you know, everything yeah. was busy. Basically, we ran into uh, Criminal Records, the really cool record shop, just to, like, breathe for a second and just get away from the crowd and be like, what do we want to do? We're hungry. Because <laughs> yeah, we went down there with the intent of getting some food. And that was not going to happen. No. We got Damn. to a Vortex. It was like 45 minute to an hour wait, which usually wouldn't be too bad. But we were on a little bit of a time crunch, especially now knowing how bad traffic was. We wanted to make sure that we were able to hop in an Uber and get back to the hotel to get the car, to get over to the venue, to load in and be able to do the show on time. And for context, Little Five Points takes up several blocks but there was no walking room at all at all no I, gra I grabbed like a couple quick videos just to show up just what how it was and i mean it may be crazy to us simply because we don't have that in charlotte no because atlanta's a big metropolitan fucking city anyway with a lot of people in it that you know more, way more people than most cities well i was also just kind of getting it there's no Halloween parade or Halloween celebration that really happens in Charlotte. That's also true, yeah. And even with the local parades that do happen for Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's not really that busy. No, not nearly as busy and not chaotic at all as far as my knowledge of it because no. it was just chaotic getting around. No, and, area. and like with the uh, and with the ones that happen in town, a lot of them wind up happening downtown. 
Yeah. And our downtown, there's really not any sort of shops or hangout areas. There's just a lot of banking and business and late night bar restaurants. So there wouldn't exactly. be like a lot of foot traffic trying to get in and out of places anyway. No. With this, they put it in essentially for our locals, Noda. They put in right. their Noda. So imagine Noda and Plaza Midwood combined as little five points. Imagine putting a parade through the uh, a combination of those two neighborhoods. And if everybody that lived in those neighborhoods actually came out and packed it to the gills. Yeah, exactly. The, it would it was chaos. So we were we're just not used to it. So other places may just be like, yeah, it's a fucking Halloween parade that was just crowded. Get over it, whiny whiny ass assholes. Yeah, some person down there was telling me that it had been toned down from, you know, the last several years. I'm like, you're kidding. <laughs> I mean, it didn't feel chaotic. It was just a lot of bodies trying to get in opposite directions. Right. That's what it really was. The the, the vibe of the place was pretty chill. Right. Like if, you, like, if you were just standing in the middle of the crowd or standing in an area that wasn't moving around, yeah. it, it felt a little bit more at Piece. Nobody was going out of their way to start any shit with anybody. Or nah, like but but it, but it was still chaotic in the fact that no matter who you were walking to next to, they were going in the opposite direction of you. Yeah. <laughs> that big city of uh, New York attitude, I guess, or just oh yeah. And and general. I was and I was able to brave through it because I still ride public transit here in town, so I have to elbow my way through crowds of people. You were doing just fine. So was Jared, Mikey. We kept losing that fuck. <laughs> can't be polite in big city uh, walking traffic, Mikey. We we we, ser- <laughs> I, we seriously lost him like what four times? Something like that. The first time <laughs> it was for a decent amount of time. Uh, no, the very first time was when we were walking up to the vortex. He's just kind of wait. I can see him right now, just having uh, people walk in front of him for like five minutes and him waiting to say, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> Is that your Mikey impression? <laughs> a little bit of Mikey, a little bit of Dana Carvey and uh, <laughs> Wayne's world. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, we turn around, we're waiting to get into vortex just to even see how long of a wait it was. Just turn around and look and, and ask Jared. Cause he's the furthest back. I'm like, do you see Mikey? He turns around and he goes, well, he was just here. Right. Where the fuck did he go? Because <laughs> now I'm sitting here going, well, motherfucker, in case they've got, you know, in case it's like a 10 minute wait, they're not going to put my name on the list. In case we've got all four people next to me, yeah. we got to get this shit. Where the fuck is he? He shows up like 30 seconds later, thank God. And and even then, he was he was still the last person to get in behind like six or seven other people that cut in front of him <laughs> while he was in my sight. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, can so I, once I we get, get that news, I basically we basically grab him by the shirt and just pull him out of the crowd, and we're like, "Come on, we're going somewhere else." Yeah. So we round the corner, get about a block down, and turn around, and he's gone, he's gone. again. <laughs> and this time, it takes him like a good solid three, four minutes to get to us. We were standing there for a good bit because I even tried calling him. I don't think he told us that he got distracted by anything. No, but it's like we just turn the corner again. Boom, he's gone. <laughs> and then he, and then all of a sudden I see see his eyebrows and everything kind of peek around a few uh, people, and he just kind of raises up. He's like, "Hey, like that," and he just pushes his way further to get to us. You know, as jacked as he is, you think he would use that muscle to get through as many people as he tried to <laughs> try to get through. <laughs> 
and and that only happened a few more times again until we wind up calling one more Uber to get us back to the hotel. And then by that point, we were just like, we have got to find food somewhere. <laughs> QT was our uh, saving grace all weekend. And man, the weird thing is like, I'm totally down with QT and gas station food. Like QT, 7-Eleven, Sheets. I'm totally down with that shit. For some reason, by the end of this run... <laughs> you were done. <laughs> I was so done with QT food. I think it's simply because every time we stopped, it was at QT. Before we yeah. stopped, and, and we've had at least like one variation in between, we've stopped somewhere. Because normally we're on the road and we're like, fuck yeah, QT, let's stop here. Yeah, because it's, we know exactly what's going to be there. It's the same everywhere. And, you know, unless it's a Sheets... It's the closest thing we're going to get to the cheap food that's not McDonald's, you right. know, so fuck it. I don't know. Just for some reason, I was done with it. Yeah, so QT, then we run out to Smith's, and I like the venue. Very interesting layout, though. Yeah. They and parking have, was a bitch. Especially if you have a trailer. I can't imagine. They have decent bands, like uh, regional and national acts that come through and play Smiths. They really do. They, they've they got a really good roster of bands that have played there, but it was just a very interesting vibe. The, the bands we played with were awesome. Awesome crowd, great sound. Everything was top-notch when we got there, but just the layout was so interesting because you had yeah. an upstairs, the downstairs, and then they also own, like, what, the next two spaces next to it? Right. We're one was, like, a restaurant, and then one was, like, an arcade bar thing. It was, like, a pool room. Yeah. And there was barely any parking in front of the building. Yeah. And there was parking spaces in the back, but if you're going to fill a club up for a show, there wasn't that many parking spaces available for that either. No. I mean, the area was def it definitely gave me a college town vibe, that part yeah. of Atlanta. Most parts of Atlanta either just give me a, you know, uppity, ritzy vibe or a, you know, get, you know just ghetto or rock and roll vibe. Yeah. So The restaurant just, was of Steelers Alabama Crimson Tide Bar. <laughs> I swear to God, there was Alabama football uh, paraphernalia on the wall and Pittsburgh Steelers stuff on the wall, too. So I was like, all right. Only only you would have noticed that out of the group, so good on How you. How did, did you not notice? That's all that was on the damn walls. I was preoccupied <laughs> with trying to figure the damn were, place out. You were in business mode. I was. I was trying to figure the place out because I'm like, okay, so there's this back room here. Okay, so this connects to this, this, this. Okay, so there's the upstairs. and this, uh, Where the fuck are we even parking? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mikey had to park across the street in the shopping mall that they said they were cool with overflow. So I guess that's where most people park anyway. And with it being that college towny vibe in that area, it is basically a park and walk around situation. Fair. Yeah, I guess you're right. So it just it was just kind of inconvenient for us again because just with the vehicle we took. But now we know if we get booked there again, what we're doing. <laughs> just ever first venue uh, hurdles. <laughs> we're in a rock and roll band. Nothing is convenient for us. Never, ever, <laughs> ever. <laughs> Except for the company we keep, because uh, Flashback Flash, uh, they put on a hell of a show, and we were in direct support with them because they were releasing a new two-song, single, EP, whatever they want to call it. Yeah. I, I don't know what I would call it either. Dual single, EP? I'm not quite sure. I think, yeah. I don't know what the title either. Guys, help us out with this. <laughs> Flashback so, Flash, guys, that is. So either way, I got turned on to those guys a little while back uh, because Andrew Riley, which he'll play into the picture a little bit later on. Um, Shout out to Andrew. Yes, at Doghouse Atlanta. Um, 
got turned on to flashback through one of his playlists. Uh, so through his Facebook page, he'll wind up uh, putting together like little greatest hits of like what he likes and bands that have played Atlanta recently and such. And he had tagged us and, you know, as like one of his recent favorites in the playlist. So I just checked it out and flashback was in there and I checked those guys out and was like, holy shit. And I, they just immediately blew me away, and I just I started it's fanning on them. I started fanning on them. I didn't care. I was like, I, I'm a fan <laughs> of these guys. I, 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 they can totally be friends of mine, which they are yeah. now. They're friend. They're they're awesome friends of the band. Now. Great band and a great bunch of dudes to hang out with. So it's like, go so it's like, live. so it's like, even before meeting them, I'm like, I got to fan out on these guys. These are really good songs. And some of it's a little light for my taste. I, I'm not going to completely, you know, say they're the best band ever. There's a lot of Muse and Queens of the Stone Age in their music for sure. Uh, their new release, though, um, is Narcissus. Yeah. Or, or, I, I keep wanting to say Narcissus, but I don't think that's entirely correct. Yeah, I think uh, they pronounced it some. I remember them talking about it uh, during the show and everything. Yeah, they so even they said it like it a few weird. times, like emphasized it. They're like, it's this. Like Narcissus or something like that. I don't know. Sorry, We're guys. We're idiots. We're idiots. <laughs> We're idiots. So don't don't expect us to uh, get your highly educated. Um, Watch it wind up being like this is such a typical word and we're just sitting here going. Durr! Right. <laughs> Again, we're a rock and roll band, not fucking geniuses. Yeah. But they uh, they played the new uh, the two new songs at the show and uh, the title track and uh Read that second song. I'm just completely brain farting today. <laughs> Handing me his phone. Eros. 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 Again, these are smart dudes. <laughs> They're awesome at what they do. Probably too smart for us, I guess. They really are. <laughs> I don't know why we even have a podcast. <laughs> we, well, we figured out how we're monkeys that figured out how to press a record button and send it off. That's the only reason we do this. Too, exactly. They're, that's why. Uh, their music is uh, up that's, there. that's why the CodPod Network takes care of uh, releasing our stuff. We're just the monkeys that press record and then make noises into a microphone, and then they do magic. We are our own press team, and nobody else's for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they played the two new songs live, and we're going to play uh, the title track to round out this episode, and I like them better live. It sounds much It's more raw live. And that's not to say I don't like them recorded because I've been listening to this uh, these two singles for the past few days. It's not the what the fuck I've been listening to segment this week either. But uh, we've got plenty of room to you know give a lot of love to a few different uh, bands and albums, which we will delve into a little bit later in the uh, episode. For but, sure. But they played the two new songs and live... They just have a certain rawness and realness to them that I really enjoy. The record is very produced and very slick, but live they are very raw and tight. Absolutely, and that's not taken away from the record at all. I like the production that went into it. I mean, it makes their it songs makes it pop. for it makes it for a very enjoyable listen. And they're a very melodic band too. Oh, for sure. And that's you know the purpose of it. And. Uh, Shout out to Randy from uh, Fozzie who produced the record. That's right. Uh, when we saw the stir uh, open up for Fozzie, um, we got to hang out with Andrew and Tanner in the back for a little bit, and he introduced us to him because we, he knew we were playing with flashbacks, so we got to chat with him up for a little bit. Hell of a nice guy. As, about as fit as everybody else in that fucking band, but I guess when your singer's Chris Jericho, 
you stay in shape. <laughs> That's the damn truth. <laughs> no, that was the cool thing uh, seeing uh, Randy and a few of the others. Just they they were just constantly doing quick little uh, jumping jacks or push ups and shit like that, yeah, running dude. around the tour bus and shit. They were just rocking out to like trashy disco and stuff like that. <laughs> it looked like a really fun tour to be on. Nah, they're they're a really good group of guys, and it kind of changed my opinion on the music. Some it's one, it's it's kind of one of those things where you meet people, and it kind of changes your perception of the content they create. Exactly, and chatting up those guys and really getting to chat with them. I kind of like the group as a whole a bit more. It makes it a bit more enjoyable. And you but, get to watch them, you know, be pros at it and stuff too. Oh, definitely, definitely. I, I can always admire a professional band. Watching that shit from afar, I love watching the production side of that sort of thing. And we see a lot more of that coming out of Atlanta too, more than anything, or at least in our geographic location. Yeah, it seems like all roads lead back to there in some way, shape, or form. Even when we try looking outside the box, right. it winds up pointing back to at least somewhere in that area. So that's kind of interesting in my opinion. Absolutely. So no, Flashback Flash blew us away, which uh, that's the guys you heard in the uh, intro piece. And to give a little backstory on that. <laughs> so, so by the end of the night, everyone's, you know, chatting it up, having a good time at the uh, Flashback Flash show, rather, to give better context. And <laughs> there are so many people named Alex in that little area. <laughs> there, there were so many people just in the yelling area of Alex <laughs> that like three or four people were turning around just to even see who Dr. the hell Jones. was talking who. Yes, yes. Casey, the bass player, is a fucking monster too. He is that. Oh my God, that bass was beautiful. Yeah, he said it was like a 27, uh, 2017 uh, Rickenbacker that he got from that, uh, I guess it was a Guitar Center employee. And uh, I remember like, a, there's a couple other people that have told me before that through working through Guitar Center, they get hooked uh really they still gotta pay uh well they get hooked up uh through uh cutting a thousand dollars off of uh these guitars and stuff they get for, they still gotta pay another thousand dollars to purchase the thing but instead of two grand it winds up just being a grant <laughs> for all the quality shit they get well still though uh, but Josh, he gave some really cool little lead parts to it. And unfortunately, it seemed like he was having an issue with the guitar cable, which I was too. And Casey, yeah. <laughs> Casey, like a fucking champ, ran in and saved the day on that one. So kudos to him, man. I forgot about that. Yeah. And throughout the evening, uh, filming uh, a little bit of segment for Flashback and our entire set, uh, which, as I mentioned earlier, was uh, Andrew Riley from Doghouse Atlanta. Right. Uh, we met him the very first time we went down to Atlanta, uh, opening for uh, the Stir and Zale. Yeah, and they had a whole. Uh, I think uh, was Jack Jackson was down for that one too. Jackson, yeah, he was. Shout out to him of the Scope oh, yeah, podcast. He, he uh, connects in a little bit later because uh, he wanted to be an MC for that show. He's MC'd almost every Atlanta show we've done, and is uh, he really has, hasn't he? He is always just a hell of a guy to hang out with. Hung out with him for a little bit at Slaughter Q. And he definitely strikes you first off as like the bro, you right. know, and, and he doesn't hide it either. No, you know, he is That's bro. I like him. He's like, bro, <laughs> bro, bro. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I did this. Yeah. Yeah. I love the guy to death. And 
So he's always a uh, blast to hang out with. So between him, Andrew, uh, the folks from Art Bar wound up coming out and uh, checking us out. Uh, Kevin and Gina. Yeah, shout out to them too. So that was so great seeing them. So fantastic folks all night. Fantastic time. Go to sleep. Wake up next day because we've got to run out to 100.5 to chat with Jackson on an upcoming scoped podcast, which I don't know if it, if it's going to be out by the time our episode drops, because I know we're going to be episode 50 of the scoped podcast. Yes, indeed. And that's going to be a special one because Andrew filmed the whole thing. Yep. And it's going to be one of their very first video podcasts. It's going to be our first video podcast in general. Yeah, so that's right. Interesting to watch. And it was just kind of thrusted upon us because um, we hired Andrew to film the, sh- uh, the set. And then after the show, uh, we mentioned to Jackson, like, hey, see you tomorrow morning. And Andrew goes, oh, are you doing a scope? And we we're like, yeah. He goes, dude, you want me to come by and film it? And we're like, uh, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> and then he talks to Jackson and he winds up filming all three of the shows that he, Jackson wound up doing that day. So Hell that's yeah. why I was saying, it seems like they're kind of, you know, hooking up and, you know, doing a little bit more together. So no, they don't, they're not working together per se right, right. now, but I think they're going to do some more collaborations. Just bringing people together, aren't we? <laughs> At least that's what they were saying. I was disagreeing with them the entire time. But, you know. I like Jackson because he is like that uh, ultimate radio personality that uh, I think of when I think of people that work in radio, just big and boisterous. Yep, yep. yep. (laughs) I love that about him. And and he's just a hell of a guy. And just every time we see him, we always have a good time. Mikey loves taking little jabs at him, too. Oh, definitely. (laughs) They've got a little bit of a um, bro rivalry. They really do, don't they? Jesus. (laughs) I love it, though. I love seeing it play out. Because both of them just have that look in their eyes like, you want to go, bro? You want to go, bro? (laughs) You know, definitely uh, check out the Scope podcast and be on the lookout for our episode that will be dropping soon. Yes, uh, this was our second time on there, right? Yep. Yep, so uh, check out the first one if you hadn't already. I have no idea what episode number it is, but just, it's on it, SoundCloud. Go look it up. Yeah. <laughs> what do we got to do everything for you? Shit. You'll find it. So, uh, kind of moving away from all that, uh, going to just a little bit of music news. Uh, we got an album we want to review, but first, a uh, quick little side note. Something that hit us, we kind of saw it coming. Yeah, but it's still the the big news dropped. Uh, the Biters are on an indefinite hiatus, which is a shame because they really are one of my favorite bands. They have been one of my favorite bands in the past ten years for sure, and have put out some of my favorite records. But unfortunately, it is one of those situations where logistics are not in their favor at all this year, and everybody's involved with you know creative outlets that are keeping them plenty busy. Oh, for sure, because as we mentioned in earlier, uh, Matt Gabs, uh, he's playing in uh, Ravagers. He's playing Ravagers full-time. Tuck Smith is out in fucking Los Angeles making records. <laughs> yeah, because uh, even the way they kind of put it out, it seemed like uh, it was kind of a last-minute Facebook decision for them to say that it's done. Yeah. Because it's like there was – Tuck made an announcement – and then, like, the next day, the Biters page made an announcement. And then it seemed like Tuck made one more after that or something along those lines. Because he was talking about uh, just what you were saying, the logistics of everything not working out, uh, wanting to do a new solo record. 
Maybe, maybe he's just staying in Los Angeles. Who knows? I have no idea, but I'm sure we'll find out uh, stuff later on as things progress. Yeah, and again, it just and it sucks because um, I was kind of late to the game on all that. You turned me on to him between you and uh, Brad from the rim, right? Because it, it was a kind of a perfect storm scenario when I was up there uh, at the rim the first time, which we'll go into that story a little bit more at a future episode when we're actually able to get Brad on the show. For sure. Um, but side note on that, uh, when I was up there for the very first time with Dirtbag Love Affair, uh, shortly after getting there, uh, Devin, uh, which is now, as I mentioned earlier, plays in the cheats, right. was also plays in the Dirtbag Love Affair. He was thumbing through the record collection and went, oh shit, the new Wildlife record's out. <laughs> so he puts on the new Wildlife record out on your block. Fantastic record. And I had never heard of those guys before anything. So I was like, oh my God, this shit sounds amazing. I was blown away. And he was like, well, if you like this, you got to like the biters. And I was like, ah, I think, I You're think like, Cap, oh, God damn it. Well, I was just like, I think Cap showed me them or whatever. And he was just like, well, I'm putting them on anyway. And, he, and I forget which record he wound up putting on, but it was in the moment and already hearing other things of the kind and being around right. the certain folk, all of a sudden it clicked. Yep. And I was like, whoa, this band fucking rules. So those two bands were kind of my gateway into learning about, you know, this or not really learning, but just kind of like it finally clicking with me after hearing it in the background for all these years, you know? Exactly. So it, it just kind of sucks. It's like, as soon as I get into it, is done. <laughs> well, you've been able to see him a couple of times at least since then. once I got to see him once. Oh, only once that Atlanta time. Or yeah, the um, the future, the future. Yeah, their uh, last record, record release. release party. I might hell. Now that I think about it, the la the one time I saw him in this past July might have been last show for a while. So I might have seen their last show for a while. I saw someone post on Facebook. It was somewhere out of state. It wasn't Georgia though. Okay, so it might have been Texas. And that sounds show. that sounds uh, correct. It was something like t Texas and Nebraska or some shit like that. Yeah, they've only been able to do festivals this year. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it was whatever one of those final festivals were. Right. Yeah. So that was unfortunate to hear. Well, if we uh, manage to get any of the members on the podcast, and we'll get them to say everything. I'll ask a few questions that they'll allow us, but, <laughs> but no, hopefully, uh, I'll be that guy. You'll be, you'll be just sitting over there, uh, chatting up Tuck or Matt. I'll be fanboying and then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden be like, so what, what happened? What Tell me everything. What the fuck happened? Motherfuckers. <laughs> we want content. <laughs> we want the exclusive uh -huh. <laughs> talk shit. No one hears this show anyway. <laughs> Tuck probably tell you everything. He was telling us on stage every time what was going on with yeah. the record company. That might have had something to do with it. Yeah, and that's why I didn't feel comfortable saying anything in case he was just a little too drunk that night. Yeah. We'll see what happens as things progress, I though. won't be responsible for that one. Uh, but yeah, speaking of an album we wanted to review, uh, Ace's new album came out. Yeah, speaking and of actually Target. Want, 
<laughs> uh, yes. For some reason, uh, you want you want to bring that up. Yes, you can get the new Ace Frehley album at Target. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. I was like, Ace Frehley going exclusive with Target? Okay. He didn't go exclusive with Target. I thought it was. No. Never, uh, we'll cut this part out. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> you, there was a part we already had to cut out where you tried slipping in that joke. <laughs> you tried slipping it in again. You're going to let this one roll. Take <laughs> uh, my own grave with that one. Coming from someone that is a huge Kiss fan and my favorite member being Ace, I kind of knew what I was getting into with this record. Yeah. Uh, I I knew going into it that it wasn't going to be mind-blowing. I knew that it wasn't going to be um, the lost Kiss record we never got. (laughs) It wasn't going to be his first solo album, Part 2. It was going to be... Ace Fraley. The fact that we decided to do an in-depth uh, review of this record is kind of ridiculous, but we're, we're fans, so we're going to do it anyway. And for the fact that we actually can do an in-depth review says something about what we are. And so it's like, even yeah. if you don't care about this <laughs> album, hopefully we'll be able to give a little bit of insight. So I'm not doing track by track. No. Uh, we're not doing no, that we shit. Do we're going that. just an as a whole. So don't click away. We're not doing track by track shit. But I want to look into it just a little bit more and kind of get into the mind of Ace Fraley. So... Essentially, my overall review on this is this is one of his better solo records that he's done in a long time. And that includes Anomaly and the uh, last one he did. Uh, not Origins, not the not covers Origins. record. Uh, uh, yeah, that's how Space Invader, space another Invader. space album. No, and the only it's reason. That's how memorable that record was. And that's the reason I say that. The only reason I say this is one of his better records he's done since the Kiss split is all of those other records to me had a bad song. I don't think this album has a bad song. Uh, Just none of them are memorable. True. (laughs) There's one really great song, which I think we agree on, but there's not a... None of the other songs are very memorable, but I don't think there's ever a... I don't think any of these are bad. No, they're not bad at all. Actually, I have one track that I just don't like at all, but there's a couple of tracks on there that have been stuck in my head since the record came out and everything, too. So, let's go into that a little bit more. Uh, Some couple standout tracks that uh, were at least interesting to me, not because they were good, but because of the company they kept. Right. Uh, The first track, Without You, I'm Nothing, and the second track, Your Wish Is My Command, actually has Gene Simmons playing bass. Yep. And Your Wish Is My Command is actually a throwaway track Gene had that he handed to Ace that Ace just kind of put his own little spin on, and they released it. And those two... If you didn't have that information, you couldn't tell. Exactly. It would have been just another Ace track on the album. But now that we have that context, it's kind of cool. and It's, it's a little sp- bit more interesting. Without you, I'm nothing's all right. Your wish is my command. Knowing that it's a Gene throwaway yeah. song, you can hear Gene singing this song. Yeah, next time anybody feels inclined to put this track on, picture Gene Simmons and his... In his dynasty, boys. (laughs) (laughs) So those were kind of interesting simply because, you know, the roster. And with the last album, which was Origins, the cover record, Paul sang Fire and Water. So he's kind of getting some past members in there. So... That 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 was kinda interesting. Gene plays bass on a cup on those two tracks also. Yeah, he does. And uh the two songs in between those Rockin' with the Boys and Bronx Boy, 
God, it's boy. Everything's boy. Right. Rockin' with the boys, Bronx boy. Those were the two singles that uh, were released before the album. And I have to say, before the album came out, I didn't like these singles as much. I think within the context of the record, it works. Yeah, I've had rock. Now that we're talking about rocking with the boys, it's playing in my head like just beating, <laughs> beating and my it's mind stupid against stupid lyrics. There's a lot of people have already said it before, so I'm regurgitating. But it's it's Ace's Beth. Yeah, it's the exact same concept. I can't get to the phone right now. We're out rocking with the boys. It could have easily gone on a Fraley's Comet release in 1988 also. Oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. And th there's a few tracks on here that would have for sure, like Pursuit of Rock and Roll. That's the one I skip. <laughs> that, that to me, would have ended up on a Fraley's Comet record. Yeah, that song is so dumb. I Isn't don't even remember any of it other than the, that stupid-ass chorus. Yeah. <laughs> and I uh, want to go back. Uh, that was a cover. Uh, I thought the uh, Pursuit of... Happiness. I thought the uh, Eddie Money one. I know there's an Eddie Money cover yeah. on there. I can't go back. I yeah, sure I want to go back. I want to go back. Yeah, that's the Eddie Money cover. That's what cover. I said. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, after Pursuit of Rock and Roll is I want to go back. The Eddie Money cover. Gotcha. <laughs> and then the song that's actually good, Mission to Mars. Yeah, I like that one. That song too. is actually good. And for that alone, it kind of sends this record a little bit higher up for me. Uh it's not a good song overall, but it's a great ace song. It, it has is. all the ace tropes you want. It has a good vocal from them. It's got a great solo, and it's got a really good riff. It's and a little bit heavier for ace. And it's about space. And it's about space. <laughs> it's <laughs> so the it's only... <clears throat> which, perfect. Which, oddly enough, aside from the last track, uh, which is just another instrumental like he does with all his others... For an album called Spaceman and a record album cover where the dude's wearing a fucking bright uh, silver Millar jumpsuit, <laughs> there's only two tracks on here relating to space. Yep. And there's like a galaxy backdrop behind him with stars and everything, too. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting. So the one space-themed track is actually the one that I really enjoy. And get off my... or And then the second to last track before the instrumental, Off My Back. Yeah, I like that one, too. Yeah, but that's just, to me, just kind of forgettable. It falls in line with Nothing Without You, Your Wish Is My Command, and Bronx Boy. Yeah, so overall, I mean, if you're a diehard Ace Freely fan and are into his guitar playing... It's pretty solid. Oh, yeah. If that's what you're going in for and excited about, then definitely check it out. Yeah, because I texted Cap uh, earlier in the week and was like, yo, Ace album's coming out. Let's uh, let's review it for the show. And he already sent me just quick little notes, and we talked about it over the weekend. And the the one thing he said was, uh, there's a lot of good moments in this album. And I yeah. said, yeah, the key word here being moments. Yep. In a lot of those songs, there's a great little guitar riff or there's a killer ace solo, but the rest of the song is so forgettable that it's not really revisitable. Uh, what's weird, though, is that I've probably listened to this record, learning all these little things about it. <laughs> and like in doing so, I've listened to it like five times since it's been oh, released Oh, I've still been Friday. listening to it, too. <laughs> and just because... Okay, I equate this to American Cheese. Oh, yeah. This is Velveeta. This is the shit that it's like, all right, I'm eating this, and I know it's not good for me. There's nothing of value here, 
but it's tasty. You know, this that's what the Ace Frehley album is. It's the Velveeta cheese of the rock and roll world. Rocking with the boys is still in my fucking head. Stupidest <laughs> lyrics ever. And I have no room to talk. I'm not a strong lyricist either. But I could have thought of something a little better than we're rocking with the boys. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like that that's kind of where I always judge my opinions is instead of, you know, just being critical, you got to give something constructive at the same time. So it's like I'm the only way I can really be critical of something is if I feel that I could do something better. And I hate that formulaic ending of every 80s rock song where it's Hand claps and drums singing the chorus by itself. <laughs> and then it cuts back into the chorus five or ten more times as it's fading out. Oh, yeah. That, that's that's <laughs> I for hate sure. That. Okay, so I can pull up. Let's see uh, this track real quick. Okay, Rockin' With The Boys is four minutes and 15 seconds long. Right. The drum breakdown comes roughly about three minutes in. Uh, they could they could have trimmed this song up by a good minute because by that point they literally just repeat the same line over and over. But that was like every '80s hair band too in the late '80s. Like I mean, even Kiss and Ace Frehley did it consistently with all their late '80s releases. It's oh, like oh, every song ever had that formula. Oh, they definitely did. But for some reason, it feels like this one lasted forever. It feels like Rocking with the Boys lasts forever. Ever after that drum breakdown finishes. That's probably why it's stuck in my head. God damn it. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and don't, don't, you know, get us wrong again. I like the record. I literally said, I think this is his best record since, you know, he's been doing new stuff since the farewell tour with kiss and his guitar playing is fucking fantastic on it. Everybody bitches about how his playing has, you know, gotten worse over the years. I think this is some of his best playing on record in quite some time. Yeah. And, I don't know if it's just him pining to get back and kiss or whatever, but it's like he's <laughs> lost a lot of weight. He's looking good. He he's sober. seems alert again. He's stayed sober. So I can only hand it to the guy. So, okay. So you equated football. It's like, we know it's stupid, but it's our stupid. Yep. That's ace for me. <laughs> I know it's stupid, but it's my stupid, and Perfect. I love it. <laughs> so from a Kiss fan, I give it probably an 8 out of 10. Right. From a rock and roll fan, definitely a 2 out of 10. But you know what? When he puts out the next record, we're going to we're gonna. I'm going to buy it, yep, because I, I bought the uh, color variant uh, probably in the next... Uh, a few paychecks. I'm going to get the regular silver edition. <laughs> I'm going to collect it. Ace has my money. I want to support him because it's like just because I didn't think this was one of the best records of the year doesn't mean I don't want him to think that his fans aren't supporting him. You know, right. it's like I don't have to love every single song the guy puts out for me to still go. Ace, here's a couple bucks. Please keep doing this. Right. You know, because <laughs> I want him to keep doing it if he's enjoying doing it. And he said before he's going to continue to do it as long as the fans want him to do it. The only way he knows the fans want him to do it is if there's records being sold. And he's got that fandom where, like, you know, even even like the top most top-notch rock and roll guitar players in the world are like the most accomplished, you know, electric players like your Steve Vise of the world still bow at the feet of Ace Freely because he was he's the guy that made every kid want to pick up a guitar. Oh, he made me want to pick up a guitar. I put him up there with like, you know, your Pete Townsend's and Jimmy Pages of the world that made kids go, I want to do that. He's like the top 10 of 
you know, those guitar players. Oh, I would, I would definitely say so because if anyone ever asked me, cause I've even said in different, um, interviews and stuff, they've been like, you know, what are your guitar influences? And Ace Frehley, uh, made me pick up a guitar and Joe taught me how to play it. Joe Young of Annie Scene taught me how to play it. Ace one made me want to pick it up and then Annie Scene taught me how. There you go. So it's like Kiss and Annie Scene have always been the number one things that I'll always pull back to and be like those because of those two bands I play music. I used to have a Kiss uh, guitar uh, tablature uh, book that I learned how to learn every Ace freely lick on and everything. Really? Too. You were able to read tabs? I mean, yeah, guitar tabs are not like proper sheet music, but they had tabs written out for like guitar players. Like they had numbers for us guitar playing dummies. Okay, so so <laughs> so the tabs you were looking at, was it uh you would so okay, just imagine I have six fingers instead of four. Yeah. <laughs> no, I see it. I, um I see it in your hand. Okay, actually well most of the time they only dealt with four, especially the songs I was looking up on tab because they were just bar chords. Was it's it a, it's like tab. was it like d- would it go like two 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 four two like yeah. that? Yeah. How do you read that shit? It's, it's the frets. The I, I the know. Frets. I know it's the frets. It's, I've I've taught to so many people. Okay, so I'm I'm interested. We haven't had this conversation before. No, we hadn't. This is awesome. Okay, so but so. There would be the two here and the two here. I get that. So that means second fret, different beat. Sorry for people at home. This is very visual. (laughs) I'm going to try to figure this out too. (laughs) But there would be like that and then a two on what would be the A string right above the same two on the E string. Oh, okay. And the, and the bottom and it's like, one and it's like, and, Yeah, and it's like, and I would know that's an, an incorrect chord. I would play that next to the chord in the song, and I'd be like, that's not it. Okay. So what the fuck is that shit? That's just not using the whole uh, guitar. You don't have to strum the whole E chord. You can just hit those three strings, and you get like a little... Uh... Well, I'm not hitting all... I know how to play guitar, dumbass. I'm not as far as Nola. But that's what it is. <laughs> From what you're explaining, that's how I read your hand tabs <laughs> with your example. So you're going, no, I'm not hitting all six strings when I strum the guitar. I but know how to play guitar. To, when you present it to me with your hands and your no, fingers being so, the... <laughs> so, okay, well, if the E string has a two on it and the A string has a two on it, right on top of each other... Okay. So if I'm hitting just those two, strumming those two strings on the second fret, as it's showing on this tab, I'd play it next to the track and it doesn't sound right. That is weird. It sounds like uh, something that would only work if you detuned like a, the low E string or something like that, which for Kiss, that's... Not, you would never need that because they well, were Well, I wasn't saying like specifically Kiss, but just other songs I've looked up. And that's just like a quick example I can give. You know, there, there are other just weird examples of it. But no, I, for some reason, Tabs was always so hard for me to read. God, I remember uh, I was on a Rolling Stones phase and I was learning how to learn every Rolling Stones song. And I didn't think Keith Richards was a good guitar player at all. Yeah. Until I looked up how to play Honky Tonk Women. <laughs> I look at the tabs and it says, Turn th- take, tune this to G, tune this to all this. I saw this fucked up tuning that on the uh, tablatures and I was like, what the, f- what? Is this real? And then I figured out what it was and learned every Rolling Stone song uh, with uh, open G tuning, guitar players. Learn open G tuning. It's fun as hell. <gasps> Man, and actually, I'll uh, I'll work off that a little bit too. I honestly don't like moving away from standard E tuning. I normally don't either. 
But the reason I got into Open G tuning and all was because I was such a diehard fucking Stones fan at the time and wanted to yeah. learn all the songs proper. No, and, and I've played around with a bunch of different tunings, Ben. <clears throat> For some reason, I never even made that conscious decision until after the fact when even starting a band. Because a lot of people even think about, you know, what tuning do we want to be in? Right. Because it, cause when Mikey joined, he was like, what tuning are we in? <laughs> I never even thought about that. It was always just, we're in E. Right. You know, and now it's just the thing of like, no, we're in E, motherfucker. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, now I own it. But it's like, that was just something I didn't even think about until he joined and was like, what tuning are we in? And I was like, well, I mean, E, I guess. I mean, why is that a question? Because... A lot, there's a lot of Charlotte metal bands that tune to drop C and shit like that. <laughs> drop it to H flat. There's no, no such st- thing as H flat. Shout out to Psycho Stick. If you like some good comedy, of course. <laughs> I actually haven't listened to the new record yet. They put out a new album. I haven't listened to it yet. I haven't either. I'll have to ask my brother about that. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't edit our shows anymore, so we can't shout out to Will as much anymore. Yeah, you bastard. <laughs> the, the, the money train is no longer heading his way anymore. Shh, money train, right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bro. We're all in-house now come to charlotte still you probably not since he's not involved he doesn't listen anymore but still (laughs) we lost a listener by going in house oh well (laughs) well shit i was gonna bring this up to you since you're in the business i mean i guess technically i am and i am too but you're involved with creating beverages based Mm -hmm. off of uh music high energy music to be uh, specific i'm talking about high energy of course but, but I stumbled upon this the other uh, last week. Apparently, Ernie Ball guitar strings and Central Bre- uh, Central Coast Brewing have teamed up. Have teamed up. <laughs> they have teamed up to start their own beer, Six String IPA. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, I'll kind of let them explain. Uh, here in this little video that I pulled up. The most exciting part about brewing a beer with Ernie Ball, there's plenty of craft breweries doing IPAs and stuff like that. So the idea for me wasn't, well, let's just go make an IPA. It was, I want to make an IPA with Brendan and with CCB. I've known Brian since, God, we were probably sixth or seventh grade, and he had called me and he just wanted to do something fun. We started talking about ideas where we could try to tie beer and music together. Because with both these things, music and beer, there's a really exciting emotion you get from each of these products. All right. <laughs> so uh, you get exciting emotions from drinking beer. Usually, I just get drunk. <laughs> so with that line, I mean, when we were coming up with the idea of doing the energy drink and everything, right? It, I, I mean, I feel like that would make that makes sense with our music. It makes sense with the results you get from an energy drink. Especially because we didn't create the energy drink to tie in with anything. The song was already there, and it was a situation of we wanted to create something unique and thought, why not an energy drink? And it just tied in with a song we already had. Right. Because it worked for a fun title. It just kind of like, you know, 
it played felt itself organic. out. Yeah, it played itself out. It was one of those why the fuck not kind of deals. We, we we drink energy drinks and we joke we joke around about haterade. Yeah, you know, drinking haterade. So this is like haterade, hate energy. You know, it all just kind of worked in. We're like, oh, we've already got an awesome theme song for it. You know, we've already got a tune. We don't have to worry about anything. We've got this. Let's do it. And it matches the brand anyway. So. Exactly. But, uh. Yeah, with the but the, Ernie Ball, Ernie Ball, and a brewing company. I don't know. What do you think? That that to me honestly does feel like a stretch. Yeah. <clears throat> it it that does feel uh, like a marketing ploy, and of course everything like that is going to be a marketing ploy. Of right. course, I'm not. Duh! The podcast is marketing. We're marketing ourselves. We're providing entertainment, but providing entertainment is marketing. Right. You know, every band is marketing to you. Every song you listening you listen to markets an idea or something to you. So, of course, the energy drink is going to be part of that, and the beer is going to be part of their marketing, and they're getting people to talk about it, like, right now. Right. <laughs> they, they, they're doing exactly... We're doing exactly what they wanted us to do, which was to give them free promotion. All of a sudden, we're talking about it on the podcast. Now more people are aware of it, and they're going to check out the video, which I hope you do. It's a fucking weird video, seeing how fucking just enamored they are with touching all these hops and shit. And it's like, dude, it's fucking beer. And let me give you a little bit of a dose of reality here. <laughs> if you want to get all artsy-fartsy with your fucking beer, maybe don't choose a company that promotes a bunch of dirt Dirty rock and roll bands. Ernie Ball supports anywhere from the dirty garage rock bands to the arena rock bands. And nine times out of ten, we don't give a flying fuck about your specialized IPA. We want whatever's cheapest at the bar and is going to get us drunk. Yeah, PBR is normally is the uh, should be the sponsored beer of just rock and roll bands in general. And it's not because it tastes good, it's because it's just fucking cheap. Yep. So it's like unless they're trying to move in on the market with uh PBR on cheap beer, there's they're marketing to people in suits that want to act yep. trendy. Yeah, it's just a very odd pair just cuz bands and beer companies work together Quite regularly, exactly, too. and it also feels like there's a bit of a better connect with a band releasing a beer, like the Iron Maiden beer. That, that feels like that makes sense because Iron Maiden fans like to drink, so of course, exactly. why not drink a beer from your favorite band? And they're all working class British and stuff like that too. No band is gonna go. I love Ernie Ball so much. I want to drink their <laughs> beer. That does it. Doesn't work like that. So I'm gonna get fucked up and string my guitar, bro. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great combination. And it's like, and as much as people want to make fun of it, there's still a connect with like the Gene Simmons um, soda. Yeah. There's still a connect with that. It's like if I, st I won't drink this shit. I've got a Kiss Cola that I, I drank one and I've got a uh, one for the shelf. I'm not buying a Gene Simmons Cola though, but there's Kiss fans that will yeah. and more power to them because guess what? If it's your favorite band and you want to drink a soda, if you have the option of getting a soda with your favorite band on it, great. More power to you. That's an awesome choice and I'm happy for you. I don't think there's any gearheads that are going to go, you know what? I really want the Ernie Ball IPA because I love their strings so much. I'm such an Ernie Ball fan. I want their beer. I'm going to get the Marshall uh, Porter. <laughs> <laughs> 
the fuzzy stout. The fuzzy stout. <laughs> uh, anyway, they continue. Oh, there's more. Yes. All right, so <laughs> we both like to make stuff. <laughs> we have so much in common. Okay, here's the deal. Yes, there's a lot of craftsmanship that goes into making a guitar string. Jim in the back ain't twisting all your guitar strings. A fucking machine is doing it. <laughs> so the craftsmanship comes into the actual engineering of making the first guitar string. Yeah. Everything after that has just been improvement on the fucking thing. So don't <laughs> sit here and try to compare making guitar strings to making craft beer. It's not the fucking same thing. Y- y'all are really stretching this. They really are, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to make this as symbiotic, and it's just... <laughs> again, and again, the reason it floats is because they're promoting it to people in suits that want to act like they're trendy and part of a scene that they're not. Uh, Derek, in accounting, uh, mm-hmm. play, plays a guitar at uh, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings on Fridays. And... <laughs> they play in open mic nights. Yeah, I can't say anything. <laughs> I mean, I do that. I do that for gotcha. my, I do that for myself once a week, and I enjoy it. Is there any more to that bullshit? There actually is. God damn it! They continue. Damn it. <laughs> okay, so so the guy from Ernie Ball was saying that to the guy at the brewery. Is that correct? Is that what it, or did I get that mixed up? Uh might have got it mixed up. Uh no nobody's wearing any of their logos to point themselves apart okay. at all in this video interview anyway. I could be completely wrong, but my brain read that as the guy from Ernie Ball was talking to the brewery going be like, We'll do this, but you gotta make the beer. Yeah. <laughs> But like, well, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> and this is your, basically they're hyping up a business deal. And that's essentially what happened there. That, that was an email going, yeah, we'll be happy to be a part of this, but you just got to be, you know, you got to be with us every step of the way. Yeah, we'll be glad to do that because we're professionals. Great deal. Now let's make a video. So make sure you read this. So you read this email uh, verbatim. Yeah. It's like <laughs> on you, basically you're just, you're, you're patting yourselves on the back for making a business deal. Yeah. <laughs> You're patting yourselves on the back for uh, licensing out a name. <laughs> We're doing six strings. Let's make it six flavors. That oh, it's beer. Make it beer flavored. <laughs> they continue. When we came to CCB, and you're like, I want you to pick the hops. Tell me the hops that you want. Smell the hops, and what do we want this essence of the beer to be? 
we looked at this as like the opportunity to pick six flavor components. So we picked three hops and three different fruits. And, you know, a guitar kind of has that cascading tone where it starts with that kind of low, mellow E string and gets, you know, lighter and brighter as it goes up. And so we picked hops and fruit that mimic that cascading effect. We put melon hops in it, which are very round and soft, and then mosaic that has this very dynamic. And blah blah blah. They talk about the flavors that they put in it to to match the six strings. It's like then it just becomes just a douchey craft beer nerd conversation. Again, it's like the market that I would think they would want to promote to has no interest in anything they just said on that. And here we are just shitting on it. (laughs) We use Ernie Ball guitar strings. Yes, they make fantastic (laughs) strings, and I'm sitting here going, what the fuck, guys? (laughs) What the fuck is this shit? No, I really... Again, to me, there feels like there's a a disconnect between them doing it and, say, a band making a beer. Right. And, and, And again, all of that just feels so pretentious. And they're really just promoting that to the wrong band. Yeah, some dude at uh at the at at uh, Central Coast was just like, "Hey man, I like music," <laughs> and couldn't get in touch with the band. <laughs> so he went for the next best thing. Oh god. Well, I think we've actually this has been a pretty solid episode here. Uh, I think we have a new reoccurring segment though that we'd like to do to finish off each of these shows. Um. Uh, been a new little segment called what the fuck have we been listening to what you listening to son i don't think you like it well why not i like this new generation of music uh but yeah the band i actually want to feature is another swedish rock band uh this one called spiders not the spiders (laughs) aka the early alice cooper band right Uh, but this band is simply called spiders uh it's a female fronted band um looking up her name here and sophie holes probably mispronounced that horribly <laughs> wrong swedish as hell <laughs> swedish as hell so excuse my ignorant american ass for uh not getting that correct uh but the band i, I mean the band boom yeah we need to be wrapping up the album i want to uh mention is called killer machine and that album came out actually this year, so this could actually be a contender for my top five. Ha ha ha. Hell yeah. Knocking this out early. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they honestly blew me away. Um, it's it's a little bit more polished and I'd say a bit more um, sanitized than what I typically listen to. Right. Uh, it, it's definitely a bit more for the masses. Um, Production my, is slick. Yes, it's very slick, but I think she's got some great vocals. There's some really great guitar riffs in there, and the track I really like is called Dead or Alive. I like that one, too. Really great vocal from her, catchy tune, good guitar riffs, and just a lot of the other songs in here, uh, near the end, it starts kind of taking a nosedive, I'd say, by... Uh, so easy, which would be like the last four songs. It kind of starts dipping down a little bit, but the first bit of this record, solid, solid, solid. So that's what I've been listening to this week. Right on. And I dig them a lot as well. I've listened to that record quite a bit too. And I think the majority of the songs on there are pretty fucking good too. And they're, t- I like the, the old school, like fucking like just gainy guitar tones that they use. They've on got the too. look too. Absolutely. 
And uh, I've been digging the latest from Turbo Negro. Mm. I know everybody is. Uh, I know a lot of diehards don't give. Uh, don't want to give the Duke of Nothing a shot, but <laughs> I think he's pretty fucking solid. I really enjoyed uh, the first record he did with them, Sexual Harassment. That was a little bit more raw than the latest one, Rock and Roll Machine. But uh, Rock and Roll Machine is kind of going back to those uh, apo- uh, apocalypse dudes kind of feel. Really, with uh, especially with the intros and everything, they have a little. Uh, little synthy intro like they did on that one too oh, and word. like a big like little like and now this is the rock and roll machine and stuff like that <laughs> and they kicked them in the little disco beats and everything too i dig it and uh my, i remember skimming that when it first came out but it is a slow burn it is one of those records that is kind of a slow burn okay but i'll, I'll you, need to go back and listen to it again. once you spend time with it it's like the lyrics are you know classic turbo negro dumb oh yeah but they're fun as hell hurry up and die and Fist City are my highlights on this. Ooh, and Hopernesia. That one's really good, too. Word. Now, I'll, I'll need to check it out again, because, again, it's I like Turbo Negro a lot, but I, I'll, I fell into that same camp of just, I really didn't, that yeah, really did not dig the new singer when I first heard him. I, I think for that last record, uh, Sexual Harassment, uh, when he did his gruff kind of Lemmy delivery, it was pretty cool. And on this one, he tones it down a little bit. He kind of goes for the Hank Von Hill, uh, Delivery, just kind of like you know, disco dancey, right? Word. Well, again, uh, you'll be able to check out both of those on the Something Good for You playlist on Spotify. Uh, yes, indeed. We'll be plugging that up. Uh, we talked about it last episode, but there's a little bit of a hitch in that giddy up. Uh, we're working all that shit out now. We, usually, we like to have shit prepared before we talk about it, but <laughs> oh well. We're learning as we're going along, and you're there hanging out with us as we're learning. So That's right. So Thank you guys again for tuning in. Uh, we're going to hear a little bit of Flashback Flash, uh, Narcissus. Hopefully I got that right. I think I got it right. I think now so. that I wasn't thinking about it. <laughs> now that I wasn't thinking about it at all. I think I got it right. Narcissist. Anyway, check these guys out. I think you're really going to dig them. And until next time, uh, Cap, do you finally have an outro for Fuck us? Fuck no, I don't. Stupid.
Where did you record this? I bought it at the mall. What that person on your tape has is a medical disorder. This has been another amazing production from the Cult of Dave Podcast Network. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.